You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeusof.com. My name is Christian Corley, and joining me is one of my fellow editors from the site. It's Gavin Phillips. Um, recently, I've switched internet providers, and so in the UK, we have we basically have to we have three, but unless you live in Hull, we have two. Uh, main ways of getting internet. One of those is on an open reach uh, network, which is uh, built by BT, which is uh, fiber broadband. And then we have um, cable internet through Virgin Media, which is a company that bought up lots of smaller uh, cable companies about 20 years ago. And I've just moved to Virgin Media, which means I get about 40 megabits per second faster than I got with, um, I think that's right. I'm not sure. And then I got on the um, OpenReach, which um, I was billed by Vodafone. What, what are you on, Gavin? I am with uh, BT, which is you know the, the national UK provider, yeah. using their OpenReach network. When I lived uh, within Penzance Town itself, uh, where I live in, in Cornwall in the UK, we were on one of the first... Um, Super fast fiber to the premises rollouts. Ooh. So I had a very, very nice internet connection when I lived in, in Penzance itself. Having now moved roughly three miles from the center of Penzance, I no longer get that internet. No. Um, so we're back on a fiber to the cabinet yeah. connection, which is still decent enough. But um, here in the UK, you can also go on to the provider, the OpenReach website, and see where they're planning to build their the next rollout, the next phase of the rollouts for fiber to the premises, which okay. is obviously what you want. You want fiber fast connection. Yes. Um, so on this map, you go on and I type in my my postcode, and it shows every single area around the village that I live in being upgraded <laughs> between now and 2025, yeah. and a small blob where I live, which is not being upgraded. They know it's you. Sometime near 2030. <laughs> you abandon them and they know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really uh, I shot myself in the foot big time, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a look. I'm just going to uh, check my own here. But I've, I've mistyped my, my um, postcode because I'm an idiot. So let's, <laughs> I shouldn't even need to type it because it just comes up as a suggestion. Uh, so this is OpenReach's uh, FTTP checking site and it tells me that super fast fiber is available at your address but it's not i must have gone on the wrong have i gone on the wrong website because i know the super fast fiber is available it doesn't tell me anything about the fttp rollouts oh well never mind anyway um so i've got really fast internet now anyway through virgin media but it doesn't matter how fast your broadband internet is, whether it's super fast or a struggling DSL with 10 megabits per second. Um, if you don't put your router in the right place, um, your Wi-Fi coverage in your house is going to be rubbish, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it re it's incredible, actually, how much of a difference it makes. You know, if you stick it in the cupboard under the stairs, surrounded by shoes and potentially concrete, then you're just not going to get a good Wi-Fi connection. Have you tried that? Well, I mean, I've tried it for an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where 
in your house, your router needs as much area around it basically as possible but you also want to get it into a position where it can broadcast throughout the entire building yep. so it's no good sticking it in your kitchen if you use your computer in your office at the opposite end of the house exactly. you see? yeah the, the, the problem with a lot of these um positioning issues is that um the outlets the inlet i should outlet inlet port um, that has been installed by an engineer at some point in the past is always on an exterior wall. And then they always provide you with a sort of a one meter cable for the router, don't they? So you're kind of limited where you're going to actually put the actual router. Absolutely. And I think for most people in that situation, because, I mean, you know, none of us like to have loads of cables traipsing around the house, do we? So you do kind of default to where the input is and you just stick it there and, and hope for the best. Yeah. And then I guess you end up going out then and buying like Wi-Fi repeaters or boosters or whatever to yeah. make the signal stronger yeah. because you're left with not many other options. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of... I know where the best place to put router is in my house, but there's no way my wife will let me put it there. <laughs> you have to buy a prettier, more exciting router then. Or, or a larger house or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there are various ways around this. Positioning is really important, but it might be. I, I, I'm at the moment, I'm planning on buying an extension uh, coaxial cable of the right i can't remember the exact code for it at the moment the right type for the for cable and then moving the router to the position where the old router is where i know i can get better coverage but there's also the option of switching your router to modem mode and then using a router connected to the modem mode router isn't there and that can give you a better option in terms of coverage and positioning of devices and routing cables and things yeah absolutely especially if you can then like keep your cables really tucked quite close to your skirting boards yeah. or whatever and run them behind walls and what have you if you're allowed to do that if it's your home obviously if you're in a rental property don't drill anything without permission because that could get you into a lot of trouble um the other option of course is um the power net uh, power net cable um, I use those throughout my house. It's not a massive house, but to get a good connection to my computer in my office, the using a direct Ethernet cable is, is, is way better served over the power cables. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, power line adapters I've used um, extensively in the past. I don't tend to use them at the moment because I basically work next to the router, but uh, uh, that, that might change in the near future. So and power line adapters, they... I mean, they typically, the original ones, they were an Ethernet cable into the power line adapter. Then you plug that in. It has a pass-through plug, so you can still plug things in to the mains. And then where your computer is or maybe uh, a small internet, uh, small network switch, you would then connect it up there and then have everything connected to that. But uh, more recently, they're available with um, with wireless, aren't they? So you can just like power line adapter connect to the mains and then where it comes out of the mains you have a, a, a little wireless hub there 
Yeah, so those ones are really good because you can port wireless around your house as well. Because some of them are, are dual use as well, so you still get um, an Ethernet connection in the bottom of them, but you can still have wireless Wi-Fi connection from it as well. So those ones are really, really handy yeah. if you're in a room where yeah you, you're you're switching between a laptop and your desktop, on, uh, or you've got an Xbox or a PS5 or whatever plugged in. So it gives you way, way more options. I had a um, I had an old switch that I'd picked up from. You know, like a junk box or an old employer uh, that was going out to the bin. I thought, oh, I'll take that home and I'll use that. And um, I put it away and I never used it. And then it came to a point where I needed a switch. So, and it, sorry, um, to the listener, a switch is basically, it's kind of like an adapter. So you plug in an Ethernet cable on one side and then you use the other Ethernet ports to like, it's kind of a splitter um, to, to, to split the signal. And I forgot that i had it so i ended up buying another one which is lovely it was only like 10 15 quid not expensive and then i put it in the same box and i put my hand in to find it pulled it out and I ended up using and i didn't even realize i was using the old one for about 18 months <laughs> and i don't think there's any difference in the speed between the two and I, you know spent all that money um if you're looking for a way to position your router, there are various things that you need to consider. With um, as as Gavin said, it needs to be it needs to have space around it. Um, plaster walls usually aren't a problem. However, um, concrete walls they are. Steel supports they are. Lead lined tiles and paint, L shaped structures, and uh, it's only if you're hoping for wireless expansion into non standard rooms such as an attic or a basement, then uh, you kind of you kind of gonna have to whistle in many cases, because th these things are major problems to a strong wireless signal. And these are the sort of things that would then lead you to using a Powerline adapter or um, Wi-Fi routers. If you want to use wireless in an outbuilding as well, which uh, I was talking to Gavin about this earlier, I'm having one built, um, that you can run an Ethernet cable to the outbuilding, connect it to a switch, and uh, hope for the best there. Shouldn't be a problem. Or there's also um, specialist routers, um, um, wireless repeaters, a big pardon, that you can mount on the outside of your house. Have you seen those? I have seen those, yeah. Some of them are really good. Some of them are really powerful as well. Yeah. Broadcasting not just to the, the end of the garden, but you know down to the fields and the cows beyond. Yeah, I was thinking about actually um, setting one up and then kind of flogging internet to... Um... <laughs> people visiting the football pitch out the back <laughs> you could create a nice little login portal yeah cheap prize yeah you probably get a few takers yeah totally why not <laughs> probably contractually blocked but uh that's yeah, yeah. Guess about that. um so uh, there's a few things that uh, you can do to find the position i need you know an, an op a more open plan house is better generally speaking for wireless internet so you can avoid walls and obstructions Avoid devices that emit interference. This is actually quite important, and it's probably something we should uh, dwell on for a few moments because placing a router next to, say, a, a wireless phone—that's not a good idea, is it? No, because they use you know similar transmission bands, and the yeah. you will get interference. Same get as interference. that. Don't put your router on top of your microwave if you use it frequently. Things like that. It's, Who it's, does it's that? Not... Well, <laughs> people, you know. People do a lot of things. You know people. <laughs> I do know people. I am. Um, I'm going to let you into a little secret here. I don't have a microwave. 
Well, I, I don't have one either. Oh, but, good. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're not we're not people. <laughs> <laughs> we are automatons. We can microwave our own food using uh, brainwaves. Uh, yeah, precisely. If you do have a microwave, don't put your router next to it. They're not they're not friends. No, they're not. Um, just while we're on this topic of kitchen things, I don't have. I don't have a dishwasher either. Oh no, I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Although having three children has really made me challenge that decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just pure elbow grease and hatred uh, for the dishes. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, baby monitors again, microwave ones as we mentioned, uh, motors, and I imagine that's remote control devices as well. Your neighbour's Wi-Fi network and uh, older Bluetooth hardware. They can all emit interference that can uh, mess up your internal. Um, network aspirations uh, if you wanted to use a wireless router they can all just interfere it um they are the router's worst enemy it's a good idea actually is uh, when you're placing your router in in into position dr to draw a floor plan and highlight where you have devices that can broadcast signals that may in interrupt it and then work out where the best place for the router is based on that yeah, absolutely. There's a, you always disable things that you're not uh, using intermittently as well, like a baby monitor. Obviously, you need your baby monitor at night uh, or during yeah. the day if the baby has a nap. But in between times, you know, make sure you switch it off so it's not broadcasting yeah. and interfering in the interim. Things like that can help. Totally. And, and uh, I mean, if you're going to leave your router near a microwave, make sure you don't microwave some popcorn whilst you're watching the latest blockbuster on Disney+. <laughs> Do it first. Exactly. Big brain move, big yeah. brains. <laughs> um, other things you should do is um, don't put your router in the basement or the attic unless that's the only place that you want to have a signal. Because if you want it to spread to the rest of the house, uh, it's not going to. You've got flooring and insulation, uh, concrete, other things that are just going to restrict the signal from moving from one level to the next. And avoid external windows as well because um, you're basically sending the signal outdoors. So, for instance, if you put your router next to a window and only half of its possible emitted signal is coming into your property, the rest of it's for the birds. Which we know are remote controlled anyway, so well. <laughs> you could be helping out in some ways. But no, as Christian said, I mean, if you put it near the window, you're, you're sending it out the window, which is it's no good to anybody, is it? Exactly, unless, you know... <laughs> You've shared the password with a, a passing vagrant, and he wants to get on the internet. Oh, it could be, could be your kids have put it near the window so they can share your Wi-Fi connection with the neighbours. So. Yeah, which they would never do. And you may also um, consider placing your router not on a flat surface, but fixing it to the wall. Now, that's not really easy with ISP-provided routers, but if you're going to spend money on a router from Linksys or D-Link or whatever, th they come with mounting equipment screws roll plugs whatever um, mounting plates that you can then attach them to the wall higher position on a wall means better coverage throughout your property yeah that's true actually on the subject of uh, isp routers that is another way that you can sometimes but not all the time get a bit of a signal boost throughout your house is by buying a, a standalone router 
from a repeatable company, you know, uh, Netgear, Asus, or, or, or similar, they may have better network configurations and almost always have way more options for you to use on the router itself anyway. So it, it's, it can be worth. Uh, in the UK, you're absolutely allowed to do that. In the US, you might have to check the terms of your... Uh, ISP agreement or your your contract with the company because I know that sometimes they they get a bit iffy and try and charge you a fee for not using their router which seems ridiculous but it definitely happens so de definitely double check that before you buy uh, an alternative router yeah definitely there is something else you can do actually with the router itself by default especially with newer routers they will probably be broadcasting at five gigahertz now that's faster but it has a shorter range so if you're able to switch to 2.4 gigahertz or set up a secondary network at 2.4 gigahertz, you may f well find that internet coverage stretches to rooms that it won't with 5 gigahertz. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, quite a lot of them come with a dual band setup out of the box yeah. these days, don't they? Yeah. So, and you can even get, so if you buy, uh, going back to the previous point, if you buy a, um, a separate router, you can get a tri-band router, which will have multiple bands so you may have a single 2.4 gigahertz band which is slightly slower but has a much larger broadcast range and then you may have two five gigahertz bands um you may be able to switch between them as well to change it to two 2.4 bands uh, and so forth well that's useful um i think but the, the best thing about this is that the there is the technology there that will save you from having to drill holes through your house to um, run ethernet cables and things. I mean, we redecorated some rooms recently and found that some holes that were drilled about 10 years ago were still there. <laughs> I'd forgotten to fill them up. They yeah, it's, uh, when we moved into this house, one of the first things I had to do was uh, ask my uh, father-in-law to come round with a very large drill to uh, drill some holes. Um, in, even in that situation where there are alternatives, sometimes drilling a drilling a big hole is just the only way to get the job done. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, my wife would not agree with that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Now, in, in, I'm actually running two networks in my house at the moment, and they're both on 5 gigahertz because I've still got a few days left with um, my previous ISP. And there's been no interference between the two routers so far. That's interesting. So are they? So you know routers have different channels, don't they? They so do. The, the two routers running different channels. Exactly, which is what I was going to come to, because we did mention with the neighbour's router in there earlier, but there is, um, I mean, this is a kind of a subtopic all of its own, isn't it? That you, if you find that your internet, your wireless internet isn't working too well, it may be because it's clashing with your neighbour's wireless internet. And with older routers, this isn't really a problem with modern routers, but with older routers, um, you can ch manually change the channel to then find a different area, as it were, of the wireless network signal yes. to, to, to use that your neighbor's router isn't using. Absolutely, so most modern routers now come with automatic channel analysis and if they realize that your, your 2.4 gigahertz wireless is 
running on the same channel as your neighbors it may well auto correct to a to a different channel um which is quite handy so with with 2.4 gigahertz there are 12 channels and it's a bit like your tv almost is that the right analogy you change the channel to something else and you switch to something else so with 2.4 gigahertz if you were on channel six and so was your neighbor and you were in close proximity you may get a bit of crossover a bit of interference that causes both of your wi-fi connection speed to suffer you're not going to get any weird data crossover you're not going to suddenly start picking up your neighbor's you know email or what have you that's not how internet and wi-fi works but it can slow it down but you could go into your router settings and switch the 2.4 gigahertz channel to a different one and you would then have much less interference and hopefully a better wi-fi connection yeah that's good that's good i remember back in the day many years ago we even lived in a different house then and we had a little wireless router a little bt wireless router that i bought from ebay and it it could be it, it had a like a um there was a hack which would make your internet faster using this router right <laughs> and it's a little bt router not very big at all about the size of a phone these days um like a phablet and it would overheat slightly so you'd have to put um stack it on um, a pile of two pence coins one for each foot and anyway so you could hack it you get slightly faster internet than was um, publicly available but <laughs> and i thought it was wonderful but um it it burnt out so we then got i think we ended up switching isps but in whatever happens we got there a modem router sent from the isp and it was prone to this um this problem of um interference with the neighbors so i went to the trouble of having to manually switch it m maybe on a daily basis and what I hadn't realised was probably a week into do, into doing this, they'd actually, I'd, again, it'd become habitual. So I didn't, it got to a point where I was doing it without checking if there was any interference. And they'd rolled out an update about a week after I started doing it. I was doing it for about another month until someone I worked with pointed out that they'd sent an update. <laughs> and then it was, you know, the, the, the channel selection was completely automated. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! Yeah. So um, yeah, wireless networking should be relatively simple and straightforward, but um, quite often it isn't the way. Um, you can get the plug and play um, advantage of a new router switches on, connects to the network, and brings that signal into your home. But you know, if it's not working right, you can take the time to go through the manuals and stuff. But if you have a computer or a laptop that has an ethernet port it really is just quicker to just plug it in directly isn't it you're going to get faster yeah. internet anyway yeah precisely if the options there and you don't need mobility go for an ethernet connection go for wired every time it's it's faster yeah. uh, and you'll get a more consistent signal there's not the issue of wi-fi dropouts that everybody experiences and overall, your, your your internet browsing or gaming or streaming experience will be much improved. Which is why games consoles come with an ethernet connection. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I remember using a, the Wi-Fi adapter for my Xbox 360 back in the day. And uh, the, the patchiness of 
the controls and the connection and the, oh, yeah. the dropouts would make some games just unplayable at times. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Ethernet all the way where possible. That's basically the lesson from today's podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Go out, get a cable, get a power line adapter, get a get everything else you need. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you've been listening to the Really Useful Podcast from MakeUseOf.com. Everything we've discussed in this week's show you'll find in the show notes. It's goodbye from myself, Christian Corley, and him, Gavin Phillips. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>